You are now listening to the Random Black Person Encounter podcast. On this episode, I'm here to walk you through my $2 million portfolio. I anticipate I'll probably be in uh, the US. Hopefully, I'll be a little bit settled in. Um, hopefully, I've got my studio all set up. But if I've not, it doesn't matter because this episode is going to be ready and locked for you. But my goal is hopefully that by the week after this one, or maybe in two weeks after this one drops, I should be back up and working and re- I'm just loading up stuff. So hopefully by this point, you know, we're okay in the US. Hopefully at this point, I'm slightly not too jet lagged. But of course, you'll probably find out more on my Instagram. Um, and it is what it is. In this episode, um, certainly it is uh, humbling to realize that this is kind of the level we're at now, for sure. Because I still remember talking about my the fact that I just crossed one million on the assets that I managed. And as that is still fresh in memory. And to already be at two, it just kind of feels surreal a little bit. Of course, I understand that there's a lot of luck. Um, there's a lot of privilege that I've had. Um, and of course, shout out to Mr. Misaru Gumati for, you know, undergrad support, because without them, I don't think this is possible. Please keep in mind, of course, this is not for flexing. The goal is, you know, to let you all know that this is possible and it's doable. Um, people are doing it with a lot more. Um, there's also a huge mix of debt in here, of course. Um, so keep that in mind. I, I don't have this all in cash or anything like that. Like that's not how it works typically. But anyways, let's get into it. So, um, <laughs> so the, the primary bulk of my money is in real estate. So as I said already, a lot of my money is in real estate. I can't really do much with the real estate unless I wanted to sell it. I want to sell it. I lose a lot of money by selling it. Um, there's going to be huge taxes on it. So it is what it is. But at this point, I have officially purchased at some point anyways, four pieces of real estate in Canada. I sold one, but the next three I'm going to walk you through. I intend to keep probably till I die and hand off to my children. That's my intention. But if I don't, then, you know, I mean, I tried out my intent. So I do have three properties at this point, uh, two in Ontario, one in Alberta. And the goal is to essentially continue to rent them or one of them actually want to um, live in. I really want to live in one of them, but to, again, for the purpose of this conversation, um, understanding that's kind of how the money has piled up. The big issue of course is um, Ontario's market are just spiraled like crazy. So the value of the two I own in Ontario is pretty much the bulk of my portfolio. So, just by having those, like I obviously understand that there's a lot of tremendous luck. Um, imagine having bought a 215K home in 2016. Uh, imagine that it would have become this. To me, it was just crazy. But anyway, so I bought that one. Let's, let's actually get into the story of this thing. So in 2016, and I've talked about my first real estate deal, of, of course, in my previous episode, if you want to check it out, feel free to go find it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's probably like, you know, 
episode 50 something. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyways, the point is you can figure out that story if you really want to get into that one. Um, and then, you know, so that one I bought at 215. By the time I sold it in 2019, I sold it for around 275. Um, so there, of course, over that span, there was, um, you know, mortgage pay down increased in value and of course it was my primary residence so i didn't pay any taxes on the gains which was wonderful keep in mind i did spend some money to renovate the place a little bit as well so you know that was also some cost and of course i also paid commission so it wasn't as if i just cleared all that money after that um i bought a place with my friend in ottawa and together we rented out the space which we still have a tenant until today but i own the majority of the space um even though it's a shared ownership i own majority of it um and that one obviously provides its own income going forward i pay taxes on all these things of course so um you know it does it does add up the tax bill the second one i bought was intended to be a primary residence and again every time i've bought a real estate i've always bought it with myself in mind because i'm always thinking that's my next level and life always has a way of being like haha psych you thought you were going to do this and it just moves me along so the next place I bought was when I was like, okay, this is going to be my primary residence. This is where I'm going to live and reside. That one I spent 400 and I believe 97 on. Um, was a little nicer. Let me say a, little, a lot nicer than the, than the first one, than the second one that I'd already bought. And I thought that was going to be my long-term home. I was going to be there for at least maybe three, four, five years. Um, at the time, I was also working at IBM. So I really thought I was going to be there for a really, really long time. The value of that has obviously increased significantly. It's almost double at this point, which is crazy. And I'm just like, it's not yet double, but it's crazy to think that that's kind of the numbers you can get in Ottawa for these kind of places now. Um, after that one, um, I bought in Alberta, thinking I was going to maybe consider relocating out there. Um, and again, the game plan was... I would move there and, you know, reduce my cost. It's cheaper than living in Ontario. That one is around 404, um, three bed as well. So that's kind of that one pending right now. So that's kind of the decision. Again, thinking I was going to move out there. But of course, as you know, um, the world has moved me outside of Alberta and outside of Canada ultimately. The rest and that one equates to about maybe, you know, one point. I want to say, so I want to say maybe 1.7. 1.7 of my money somewhere in that ballpark it's quite high but anyways that's kind of where all those three together come to um my tfsa um is a significant chunk of money so that one's around 60 something and again that money is already earmarked for something else i want to do um then i've spent another 20 something on you know deposits for the place i already talked about uh, in alberta um then so that's that's around some 80 something in money just parked off to the side we've got in my rsp i put like a grand something um just as a personal rsp just you know because i wanted to start reducing my taxes because my taxes are crazy um then after that we've got in a dcpp which is a defined contribution plan so that's essentially what's your company matches. So it's kind of like an RSP, but it's not really an RSP because the DCPP is separate from an RSP. So in that one, I just left Rogers. So that one has about like some 10, 11 grand in there. Obviously it depends on what the stock market does. So that's a 
certain number. I bought Rogers stock while I was at Rogers because I got a decent employee match to buy Rogers stock, which is around 12 grand. Um, then all my previous matches from um, other companies is also included in a locked in retirement account that I have. So that one at this point is around some 20 grand, which, you know, not bad. And at this juncture, you know, you're starting to see where all the money is starting to pile up and then there's some other money in cash. Um, and yeah, that's kind of, again, depending on how you estimate the real estate, it goes up or down depending on whatever value it is, but it's, it's going to buy a significant amount now at this point. Um, and so it's, it's crazy to unpack all that as the value I have um, at my disposal. It just, it just feels weird. I'm never going to lie. Um, because every time I think about it, I'm like, I'm, I, I don't really have money. But then I look at stuff and I'm like, yeah, I kind of do. So, you know, the key goal for the most part is just save as much as you can, you know. Um, <laughs> as you can, you can tell, obviously, that having all this money does make me feel a little uneasy sometimes because I'm like, maybe I'm not doing something right or there's a huge debt mix in there. And of course, you know, there's a lot of debt in, in my mix of portfolio. So now my goal is to stack up and hold as much cash as possible because there's going to be a lot of stagflation that's going to happen. So, you know, prices are just going to keep rising and there's not going to be a lot of growth for the next little while just because of oil. Um, and unless we can all get off oil, then maybe this won't continue. But because of the way, you know, Russia is doing this thing and has affecting all markets, I think price will continue to go up. And because it's not because of a lot of productivity, there's going to be a huge need for rates to increase as well. And so borrowing is going to become more expensive, obviously, because I'm already paying that. So that, that I expect to go up on my side. And so the cost of everything in my portfolio is going to catch up with me. And so naturally, my goal now is to build up as much cash as possible. Um, it is... It's just a huge thing for me now. So I'm just stacking and piling up as much cash as possible because I'm genuinely concerned that, you know, all the mortgages and stuff that I have are going to become more expensive over time. Keep in mind, this is me worrying about interest rates at around 2.18. Um, and another one, what's the other one at? I believe the other one is at 2 point something. So this is me worrying about interest rates at 2 point something. And I'm already like, no, this is already high. Another one is going to be at 3 point, I think 8.5 or something like that. So it is high in my mind to put anything 3 points because most of my investing life has been 1.2 points. So seeing things entering three now with interest rates, is kind of like, ooh, let's start getting careful. But still, it's still not as much as, um, you know, it's still not as much as what you're making in stock markets or investing in startups or whatever. So, um, oh yes, I also have another amount in crypto. I think it's around, uh, what was it, 13K or something like that. So another 13K in crypto as well. So... Yeah, and even with my TFSA and RSP, I was also investing in cryptos there. So you can see that, like, it's kind of crazy stuff that I kind of do. And now I think my next game plan is to introduce more equity into my mix because within my portfolio, a lot of it is that. There's obviously a significant amount of it that's equity as well, but it's equity that's tied up in real estate. So I can't really do anything with that money. And now that I'm just stockpiling money in case all my debt is so heavy, I'm now looking to invest in a lot more equity things. So like startups, companies, um, buying businesses, things like that. So that's kind of where my eyes are at going forward. Hopefully, you know, I continue to be successful. That's kind of my hope, my prayer. Um, but of course, I'm preparing for the worst as well. So that's kind of where my mind is at. The final thing I'm going to add that's in my portfolio is 
because, and I know that, you know, because I know there's a lot of building I'm still in the middle of, I also have life insurance and I don't consider that part of my policy at all, but I have $2 million worth of policy, again, because I have so much um, that I owe within all this stuff, you know, across all the debts of the mortgages. Um, that to me is a huge, huge, huge part of what I'm thinking about and ensuring that, you know, I'm a good steward if I were to pass before I complete my master plan. Um, as many of you know, my master plan for my money is to be able to retire passively on like a hundred grand of money every year. And I only need 2.5 million clear, free and clear to be able to do that. So as you've seen already, I'm kind of all, almost there from overall number wise, but now my goal is now to clear up as much debt as possible so that it's all free and clear. So if that's all free and clear, then as you can imagine, I can live without having to go to work. So imagine that kind of life. So that's kind of where my head is at now with my money. And that's all in part thanks to Canada. Um, I think, you know, the opportunity Canada has provided for me and you know the systems in place that I've taken advantage of and paid attention to, I'm really, really thankful. Um, I have a really decent credit score as well. I think, you know, it's above 800 and I recently checked that and it was just like mind blowing. Keep in mind, I've had credits since 2012 now and not missed the payments in between all that. And, you know, I've bought a car, sold a car, paid off a car loan in that span. I think if I bought the car was like 30 something grand. So I've paid that off. I've paid off student loans in that span. Um, so you can see that is a huge mix. I've bought a house, sold it. So in, in the credits mind, it sees the mortgage having been paid. And of course there's been other mortgages after that, but again, I've paid on all those as well. So there's a huge reason why my own credit is that high, but the goal is, you know, to continue to be a good steward and to follow this stuff as diligently as possible, follow my budgets as diligently as possible. I don't want to, you know, get to a point where you have all this money now and then you lose it now, you know, that would kind of suck. But if it does happen here, it's life, you know, you will probably rebound and keep moving anyways. Um, but my goal is to ensure that I'm as careful as possible and did it as possible. You know, life will probably happen and then some shit will come that I didn't see from some side. But the goal is to, again, just be as careful as possible, as diligent as possible. I've made people quite a bit of money um, in their own businesses. I've, you know, invested in some people. I've invested in with people and things like that. And it's done quite well. But I don't imagine it's always going to be that way because as you get older, your tolerance for risk starts to drop. Um, my tolerance for risk right now has been good. But, you know, again, as you start getting into dangerous territory with money, you start to get more careful. You start to get a little more cautious because... If you have a 1K problem, you know, that's a 1K problem. When you're having a 100K problem, now that's our problem. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's kind of where my mind is at with money right now. And uh, coming to California, I'm hoping to build on that. And again, erase as much debt as possible because that's typically the thing that kills people. Um, it's not really the money coming in or how much money they had. is that they didn't monitor their debt enough. So, Pray for me, guys. Um, certainly want to be a good steward. And I certainly want you all to also, you know, be good stewards of your money as well. So continue to keep a budget, continue to do everything that you've been doing. Um, and now this is the point where I'm starting to pay advisors, you know, um, starting to get consultants to look at things and advise me. I have to figure out international monetary policy now. You know, I'm now worried about what Canada is doing and what the US is doing because that affects me immensely. That's like you can't believe um, things like, you know, Rent now are crazy. Um, I can literally, if I make mistakes, it's now $100,000 $100, mistakes that I'm <laughs> exposing myself to. So I'm having to start pay, paying um, consultants and professionals to look at my money and look at things and get some advisors. And keep in mind, this is me who is very interested in reading all these things. And so now it's not starting to get beyond me. So 
pray for me that I don't make mistakes and don't trust the wrong people, man, guys, because um, obviously in the wild, wild US, yeah, it's something else. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace.